May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our salvation. Amen. In the first reading, the first lesson, Zephaniah, the prophet, the scriptures use the word and point to rejoicing. Zephaniah says, rejoice, for God will vindicate you, protect you, save you. In the second lesson, from Paul's letter to the Philippians, the scripture also points to and uses the word rejoice. They use the word rejoice so much that there's even a line that says rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Zephaniah and Paul are in a celebratory rejoiceful mood pointing to the gifts and power of God's love and grace and salvation ready to make merry perhaps they even have their Christmas decorations up already and then we get John the Baptist practically the first line he says is not really celebratory at all he does use a word that begins with an R, but it is not rejoice. It is repent with a capital R, or actually it is repent in all caps. He says, you brood of vipers. I don't know, I, I checked the hymnal, and there's no Christmas carol with the phrase, you brood of vipers in it. I don't know, Alex, a little homework for you? No? Uh-uh. <laughs> Can you imagine the song? Oh, come you brood of vipers. <laughs> it's not really catchy or hopeful or rejoiceful. So I think that John might be an Advent guy, wanting us to wait, to prepare to repent before receiving the gift of salvation, even if it is freely given, even if he knows that God is going to offer salvation and mercy and grace without us deserving it, without us wanting it, without us deserving, air quotes it, for God's grace is freely given the salvation that comes wrapped in the swaddled sweet flesh of a child at Christmas is a gift that God gives us freely overcoming whatever limitations God surely knows we have. But John, he wants God's people to receive that salvation, to understand its value. He does not want us to get a sense of entitlement, of a do-you-know-who-my-people-are approach to grace and salvation. 
that we are so assured that we stop responding to this gift with thanksgiving. But he wants an all-in, authentically personal approach to receiving this priceless gift of grace and salvation. And that authenticity begins by a repentance that bears fruit, a self-examination that bears fruit. And what fruit does it bear but the fruit of the Spirit? John mentions that he baptizes with water, but we will be baptized with by Christ with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so when John talks about the work, the fruit of repentance, he is talking about opening our lives to follow where the Spirit leads, where we can bear good fruit that leads and points to God's gift of grace and mercy and salvation. What are those gifts of the Spirit? We know they come from Galatians. They are things that are so fundamental to our lives that sometimes we take them for granted or sometimes we forget to pray for them. Sometimes we forget that they are the most valuable gifts and we let them go and we forget to practice them. Those gifts, of course, are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How do we enter into the scripture today, both rejoicing and repenting so that we may receive that gift that we are preparing for? that God has so beautifully wrapped in the infant Christ? How do we enter into these texts so that people may look at us and experience a little bit of what it means to walk with the Holy Spirit, to follow as fragilely as we might, the will of God. It's interesting, today is the feast day of, in the Roman Catholic Church of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And she appeared to Juan Diego uh, December 9th, and she appeared in a way that was different from the other images of Mary that people had seen around the world. She had indigenous features. And she asked Juan Diego, a humble man, to go speak with the bishop and tell the bishop a message. The bishop did not believe Juan Diego. And so there was a back and forth many times. 
until finally the story goes, Juan Diego brought in the middle of uh, the uh, uh, winter when roses did not bloom in this part of Mexico, brought a whole uh, cloak filled with roses. And not only that, but of the image of Mary that he had seen. And so the bishop believed. The prophets today, Zephaniah and John, tell us to listen, to protect, to defend those whom God listens to, protects, and defends. The humble, the meek, those outside the power structures that we have constructed for ourselves. And so we are asked to do the same. How will we do that? Well, I just have a couple of quick little stories about what has happened at Trinity in these last couple of weeks. There was a woman in a collar, a priest's collar, very pregnant, <laughs> loose, who came to our pub theology at a community bar. And uh, we were, she was only drinking water, by the way. But we started pub theology again in person. And we were just trying to respond to what some folks had said they really wanted to do. So we both showed up in collars and we didn't think anything about it. And these guys at the bar kept looking at her like, should I, am I drinking too much? You know? <laughs> should I stop? And, you know, in the Episcopal Church or here at Trinity, we've just gotten used to, to women who um, are uh, priests and God-bearers and uh, mothers or not, but we've just gotten used to, to that symbol. And so just being herself, going out into the community, she was able to engage reassuring those men that they were not having a hallucination, but that in fact um, there is room for God out in the world, that there is a place where they would be welcome, and that if they don't come to the church, the church comes to them. Also, recently, there have been several people coming by just seeking help, and we're all so busy here all the time, and sometimes Ryan, our administrative assistant, tries to handle, handle the issue while he's trying to get the bulletin out and do this and do that and do the other, but this week, he came and got me, he says, I really don't understand. They don't speak any English. They just speak Spanish. 
And so I also, busy trying to respond to all the things I need to respond to, just said, okay, I'll, it'll, I'll just take a minute, I'll refer them. And instead of trying to get them out as soon as possible, we sat down and I listened to their story. Imagine y'all in Advent, getting ready for Christmas, a woman with her young child and her husband coming looking for shelter because they had no place to sleep. And my first instinct had been that they were breaking in to my busy time. God works in ways that we cannot even imagine, in the interruptions, in the engagements that we do not expect. Two hours later, we found some place for them to stay. Two hours later, I had repented of my busyness and was able to rejoice in common humanity. How will we, as we prepare for the gift of the infant Christ, repent of things that will, in fact, open our lives to more rejoicing? Repent of things that keep us from where Christ would have us serve. How can we rejoice again? Rejoice again, rejoice again with those whom God brings into our lives so that we might say, we might be known as those who bear fruits of repentance and bear the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Amen.